0: Hey man, I don't have my headset today. How's the audio? Uh, it's fine. Okay, so good, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, for a minute there, I I uh, thought you were ran.
0: Okay, That's then, that was just I'm pretty, pretty not shit. Not even kidding. Shit. Came, it like I like, the shit. You the know, worst thing that you could say, man. The worst thing you could say. What the fuck, man? What a way to start the show. I, I'm not. I'm not
1: kidding. though. No, I literally checked. You just said sounded different. You know, a little uh.
0: Yeah, I like
1: might, I might skip.
0: Game. I might skip today's show if that's going to be the case. Don't I sound like? Uh, no, you okay. sound good. And look at Joe. Joe just live. He changed his profile photo live on stage just now. Joe, what is it with you changing your profile photo every month? It's the worst way to build. that. Uh, it's a,
2: it's, a, it's an NFT it's an NFT space. So I figured
1: to put up an NFT. Yeah, but I still see Joe's black and white picture. So uh, that's it's good. It's oh, good. Now see. I see him. He's.
2: I didn't change it on stage, of Mario. Superhero took a of with everything.
1: an orange mask. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Come here to save us from the SEC.
0: So let's uh, let me see the the uh, panel. I think I've invited. Yeah, I've invited everybody. Um, so today's show. Before we kick off today's show, let me let me ask uh, Scott any any updates on uh, Ben because Ben is generally relatively loud, so he's always there to comment on anything that's happening. But he's been pretty quiet on what happened yesterday. Have you heard anything since? I know that Rand hasn't. Uh,
1: no, so I mean, so I messaged him on the Join Ben Coin uh, account um, just to check in. You know, obviously, like when you hear someone, we're not friends by any stretch, but he's definitely someone I've met and, and uh, spent some time with and talked to quite a few times. And I messaged him. I said, "Is this you on this account now?" And he said, "For the interim, yes." And that's all I got. <laughs> um, so I, I, you know, I, I don't know where he is or what he's doing at the moment. I would imagine that uh, he's you know, talking to his lawyers about his options and planning his next move, but also like his platform has been somewhat removed, right? He doesn't have access to his main Twitter account, doesn't have access to his YouTube channel. So I'm not sure where he would be able to make a grand statement at the moment. But um, yeah, he I, does honestly, have, I he, does have he does have
0: one of his, uh, his um, accounts, the Ben Tolkien one as a platform
1: yeah it's join ben coin that's the one where uh, i had reached out to him when i saw that he had tweeted about the the mutiny um and you know he did say there was a tweet from that from that account 13 hours ago that said ben is not owned by hit network or bitboy crypto it's managed by a separate entity entirely controlled exclusively by ben armstrong and duchess of DeFi. the release and implementation of v2 is unaffected and um we had said that on the show yesterday. But honestly, I was the, like, I, I don't know why uh, this kind of struck me, but I, I find the whole thing profoundly sad. I just, you know, addiction, relapse. It's, I think, something that we've all largely seen in our lives. And then you go on Twitter and you get the usual uh, sort of cocktail. And I get it. You know, he was a controversial personality, but the usual cocktail of hate jokes. And, you know, the guy has a wife and three kids. And I think if you're a father and you have kids, uh, things like that are going to strike at least slightly close to home. And I wish everyone would just lay off and move on to the next story. But the one thing you can guarantee about crypto Twitter is they'll do exactly that.
3: All right,
0: cool. Um, let's kick off today's story. I think uh, we'll start with the market update and just the market looked just depressing, the, the money just flowing out. I think I was watching Rand's show today. I watched uh, his show, not yours, Scott, and uh, just for a change. And then he's just talking about how money is leaving the market. He's talking about USDC outflows averaging $25-30 million a day for the past month. And then he read out a tweet on his show. And I'll read out that tweet. I'm not sure if Rand's with us yet. I think he is. Time-based capitulation in full effect. No new inflows. Daily addresses stagnant. Devs capitulating. NFT is trending to zero. Only the true believers, the patient and the redacted remain. This is the opportunity zone. Um, not sure if Ryan's there. And then Ryan and his show goes on for about 45 minutes talking about him uh, doing a marathon in Portugal when his wife was giving birth. <laughs> this is, this is a rad, rad show. You get one piece of news. Six pieces of his life story in house relevant. But it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting tweet, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it, Scott, and um, anyone else on the panel before we dig into the, uh, the, the main story of the day, which is the major SEC enforcement on NFTs. So, anyone in the NFT community, time for you to freak out. Uh, but, Scott, we'd love to get your thoughts on the market. And um, another, I'll mention one other thing that Ryan said is that um, if you compare the period we're going through now, which is a time based capitulation, if look at the last bear market, it lasted five hundred and something days. That means before it broke broke above the previous highs. That means if we are going, um, if we are, you know, if, if it's going to repeat, I know history rhymes doesn't repeat, but if it does repeat, and, and Gareth is here, let me see if I get his thoughts on this. Um, but if it does repeat, that means we've got like three hundred and something or two hundred something days left. It's going to be a long bear market. Yeah. The looks about. So I'd love to get your thoughts.
1: Yeah. Okay, first of all, yesterday, there was a tweet circulating that said that this was the longest bear market in history, and of course, one silly analyst posted it, and then everybody reposted it, and it was a chart from Glassnode showing year-over-year percent returns, which are the dumbest metric I've ever heard for determining a bear market, completely arbitrary, cherry-picked data, and completely meaningless. It showed the last bear market being roughly 200 days, and this one being over 500, and people were saying we're in the longest bear market ever. Guys,
4: that's are, not are you guys watching what's uh, happening that chart in the chart literally stuff? shook.
1: Take well, I I, I obviously saw that the jobs numbers came in, which is uh pretty bad for the dollar and good for markets. I haven't seen Bitcoin jump oh, to t- Bitcoin. Oh, Bitcoin oh, oh wow, Bitcoin yeah. just jumped seven hundred bucks.
5: Yeah. What happened? Hold on, hold on. What yeah. happened?
1: Bitcoin just jumped to almost twenty seven, but is now twenty it's comparing those gains very quickly. It, it's it's right now backwards. but the dollar is dumping. Yeah. Yeah. It,
0: Bitcoin, oh, shit. The that just happened dumping. now. What 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 triggered it Dave and Scott?
1: Jobs maybe Dave because I saw that uh let me uh, pull it up uh, you know obviously this is all happening in real time but uh US July job openings 8.827 million estimated 9.5 million the minute that those jolts numbers dropped was when the dollar started to dump stock started to pump bitcoin was doing nothing and then clearly just followed I mean Dave what do you make of it
6: I mean yeah I mean it's obviously the knee jerk which people are going to fade but You know, when you get a candle like that, it's, uh, (laughs) and you see, you see all sorts of weird crap. I mean, market makers quotes haven't adjusted yet. You're seeing backwardizations, you know, it's the, the standard game. People getting it liquidated or not. Um, depends how many shorts are out there. We'll see. I mean, almost all of these times this happens, it fades to some degree, but you know, we'll see, but it's, it's not fading that quickly. It's
4: twenty
0: six eight. Give it to no, me. Can, can you can you explain? Yes. Yeah, so, so can you explain to us the job report and, and what we saw, what was expected, and why that uh, led to the to the dollar uh, dumping and crypto pumping? So what? I think the Fed is more likely to pivot sooner. Or what's the outcome?
6: Pass. I was listening. To ahead,
0: I was listening to you guys, so <laughs> I was just had the price. No, mark. I was getting. If someone can give clarity on the job report, I haven't looked at the job report. Has anyone looked at it at all? Uh, Gareth,
1: you're Gareth. You're here. You're obviously the perfect guy for this. You track this closer than anyone else. I'm glad you're on stage. Can you give us your thoughts on what's happening?
7: yeah so thanks thanks scott um so it looks to me like that jolt's number really kind of changes the narrative of, of guys, the hold economy on, hold,
0: on, hold on guys 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 please check is uh, walter bloomberg just tweeted grayscale wins lawsuit against sec
1: it actually happened
0: holy wow. shit that's why you're pumped guys not job report yeah.
1: okay there you go well there's <laughs> there's your crypto answer wow
0: <laughs> there's that, huge. That's fucking All right, Scott, you've been covering the, the whole ETF story and the Grayscale story for a while. What does it mean?
1: Yeah, Gareth, we're going to talk about the market in one second. Just give the quick summary here. So obviously, no problem. guys, Grayscale was uh, suing the SEC. So Grayscale applied to convert GBTC, the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, into a spot ETF. Obviously, that was rejected. Grayscale decided to sue the SEC in an effort to uh, rescind that and apparently they have won. Now, to be very clear, to be very crystal, crystal clear, a this does not mean that GBDC gets converted to an ETF. What it means is that the SEC can no longer use the argument that they were using to reject the application. They can do a host of things. They can go back and reject it on different grounds. They could approve it, of course. They could uh, rescind the futures ETFs from the past based on the same grounds of the rejection. There's a lot of things the SEC can do here. But either way. The SEC is just getting absolutely annihilated. The shorts are going to get obliterated, Scott, because
6: here's the thing you have to understand. This is within the context of BlackRock's and Fidelity's filings, too. What it means is that they cannot reject BlackRock and Fidelity on the basis of a lack of market of sufficient size for regulation. That manipulation argument that they've been making for years is now absolutely gonzo. Which means that if Gensler has even an ounce of political uh, savvy, Sorry,
0: me, Scott, Scott, you got a hot mic. Hold on, Scott, you're breathing heavily. So, Dave, can you just can you repeat that again? They cannot use which argument they, against so the, the, the ETF argument that
6: they have used with the most power over the, over the last, you know, God knows how it feels like forever, uh, is that the lack of a market of sufficient size to be regulated. Uh, is because the CF, because that spot markets are easier to manipulate than the futures markets. The judge is basically saying that's ridiculous. Of course it's ridiculous. So we've always been saying that. And so, but they've been hanging their hat on that one. There is no way they can use that anymore, which means that either they have to pull the futures ETFs entirely, which seems extremely unlikely and politically political suicide, or they almost have to approve the 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 filers who all have surveillance sharing agreements they could make an argument to grayscale okay uh we're going to approve these guys you have to amend your filing to have an information sharing agreement with whoever you are and we have to evaluate that that seems to be the most likely so my my strong suspicion is and and you also see it because you haven't seen a whole lot of the anti-crypto army rhetoric because that's turning into a political loser uh, I suspect, and I've said this, I put this in Bitcoin Magazine, an op ed that ran, you know, what, like a week ago, that they're going to take the win and they're going to approve the, the big boys' ETFs and all who have sufficient information sharing agreement. And this is sort of the, the kick in the ass that I think will force that. And I think that's what the market's looking at. But people have been burned before. Scott, you wanna, you wanna, uh, so who knows?
0: Code, do you want to invite out ETF guys just quickly? Invite our ETF guys? I'm curious to see what their. If yeah, the to, team. Yeah, 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 honestly what they think. Yeah, I'll tell the team. Tell uh, Dave who, nailed,
1: their- Dave nailed it though. Dave nailed it though. So this isn't about GrayScale necessarily getting an ETF approval as we mentioned before. That that would be interesting, but they're still in line like anyone else. This doesn't push them to the front of the line. What it is is yet another notch against the SEC in their arguments for approving these which makes it a BlackRock or other ETF likely more likely to get approved and that's what it's about but like i said to me more importantly the sec is just getting absolutely annihilated in court they're not winning literally anything against the crypto industry right now yeah they're not it, yes,
5: pushing
0: it, they just keep losing well <laughs> yes yeah, so, i will, well, first i think dave summary. i agree with you i just wanted to get their thoughts because we've had them a couple of times give us their their um Um, if they had to guess how likely the ETF is to be approved, I think they were sitting at, I think it was like 60% last time we had them on. I want to see how that changes because I think it increased drastically. We asked them the question, we're like, hey, if Grayscale wins the lawsuit against the SEC, what would it be? And they, they increased, they gave us a really high number for them. Yeah, it was 75. So what they were saying was they
1: had a 65% uh, chance of approval this year of a Bitcoin spot ETF based on their assumption that Grayscale was going to win against the SEC, which they also had a high percentage chance of. But to your point, they said... That would go up to about seventy five percent, assuming we're right in grayscale wins. Correct? That's what you're referring to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to reach out and see if we can get some of these guys on. I mean, Bitcoin now trading at twenty seven thousand. Not a huge, you know, not uh, the hugest move, but it's nice to see some volatility and but, some movement. But GBTC of course, is at twenty four. GBTC just went over twenty bucks. Holy shit. Yeah, gee, that, that's going to uh, be the trade right there, which it has been now for a long time because not only do you get the benefit of the upside of Bitcoin, you get the benefit of the discount closing.
6: That's the only thing I bought on the dips this year. <laughs> so yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: smart.
0: And, it, and, then, and then Scott, another thing you mentioned, and I would love to get more thoughts on this, and then me get the team to send out more invites. Um, but the question I had for you, Scott, is you said the SEC is just getting annihilated. What does that mean for crypto? Like we see the judicial system... Courts play a key role in, in preventing the SEC from achieving what they want to achieve. So, you know, how this seems, you know, if you think about it, this seems pretty bullish after we saw the XRP now we're seeing with the, with the trust with Grayscale. Um, I just see that to be an extremely bullish thing for crypto, but the markets Agreed. are treating it relatively mildly. You know, it did spike up, there's a beautiful candle, but it's still less than I expected.
2: Yeah, I mean, maybe like it's like less
0: than I
1: expected, but go ahead. They always yeah. take it. Like and and a half also, hour like, mile. if you look at If you look at previous cycles, I mean, we're still in the halving cycle in the depths of this sort of like sideways winter period. We already had the massive move up on bigger ETF news. Listen, the grayscale win is huge, but in my mind, and I will continue to say, there's nothing bigger than BlackRock giving the stamp of approval and applying for their ETF. That was the biggest news outside of an approval of a BlackRock ETF that we're going to see. Um, But you also have to remember, and, and Gareth, you know, we could talk about this, but we had technically, we had the most oversold that Bitcoin has literally ever been on smaller timeframes. Daily has been oversold down to 20 RSI and has stayed there for well over a week, which is longer than normal. There's bullish divergence there with RSI. There were a lot of reasons to think we would at least get a bounce. But but for me, this is great news. It's nice to see Bitcoin moving, but it's not like we're back above 31,000 here. (laughs) Right, Gareth? I mean, this is a nice kind of upward move from the bottom of a range
0: but Gareth maybe I'll add a question to it could that trigger a recovery back above 30,000 is that the news that we need
7: Um, so, so the key is, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is within a range. And so as a technician, we remember we broke down below that 28,000 level. And so if we go up, that's going to be your first level that you have to attack. Or so Bitcoin has to attack 28,000. If it can recapture 28,000, then it has a shot at that 30 to 32,000 range. But right now, I mean, it's a great little pop. There's no doubt about it, but let's see where things kind of settle out, um, you know, right now it's still very vulnerable, based on the fact that it broke that twenty eight thousand level. I think it's very important Garrett, to remember where the. Oh, sorry,
2: Gareth. The fact that the dollar's weakening, and the fact that now we saw a big drop when the SEC uh, said they were going to delay the decision on the ETFs. That that was the start of the drop that we recently saw. Wouldn't it recover with this and with the fact that the dollar's weakening? I I see a stronger bounce. I'm assuming a stronger bounce than people are expecting.
7: Yeah, so so you're right. It, you know, anything where the dollar weakens, just like gold goes up, Bitcoin and and cryptos in general should go up. So the, the question then starts to be asked: Is how big of a drop in the dollar are we going to get? Like, is this a total change with the JOLTS numbers coming out showing so many less job openings, and then consumer confidence numbers are really starting to take a nosedive? I saw consumer confidence numbers that are just above the what we see in recessions, right? So if we do start to see that, and then the expectation is the Fed starts to, you know, not only do they not hike the rest of the year, but maybe there's the the lowering or the cutting that starts coming into play by early next year, then it could be something that starts to push the dollar lower and we could get a more sustainable rally. Now, that's going to have to. So this is this is where it gets tricky, right, because you have that bullish narrative for Bitcoin. But then could it be that if the economy spirals into a really bad recession, the stock market takes a major dump eventually, and then that's a negative factor for you know, crypto and Bitcoin because of kind of deleveraging and and panic selling. So, so it's really one of those things where like, as a technician, my job is just to look at the level and say, okay, this is resistance. If it gets broken, it's broken. But as long as it's in play, then I have to respect it.
2: But if you look at the TA on the DXY on the dollar, it it does look like it should be heading lower because it's bouncing, it bounced off resistance. So you would assume it's going to test the lower end now, right?
7: Yeah, so the dollar on a bigger macro picture, like if you go to the monthly chart on the dollar, there's no doubt that it looks to me to be on a weaker... Transition, So you likely will head down. It's just like, like, it's just, there's so much more complications with the dollar because remember also, if, if things globally get out of control, like anything happens geopolitically, then everyone still rushes into the US dollar as the safety hedge. And then how does that play into it as well? So, I mean, in the bigger scheme, if you, you know, yes, I think the dollar does head lower. And I think generally that tells us Bitcoin goes up, but it doesn't necessarily give us like the short-term view of saying in the next month, where's is Bitcoin? Is Bitcoin reattacking that 30,000 level? For that, I have to go to the levels and just say, okay, 28 is my line in the sand right now. If we can get over 28, then we start talking 30 to 32 again.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to get some – so I haven't seen many articles on this yet. I'm trying to read some articles and, and some uh, some different takes. But what Scott said, and Dave, I'd love you to cover this, it does not mean that the, the Grayscale ETF will get approved. Is that correct? It, it doesn't mean it's, it, it's not necessarily
6: true that they will approve it outright, but they have to, they can't use their same reasons. Now, bureaucrats can do all sorts of things, but this is not in a vacuum. You have other ETFs that have been approved or that, that have been put forward. Uh, there's a huge crowd of them. And effectively, this backs the SEC into a corner. I mean, they can't, they're not going to appeal to the Supreme Court this because the Supreme, they have zero chance at the Supreme Court. They, they had a much better chance at the circuit court level. Uh, So, you know, let's just put that aside. So so this is done. They now have to either come up with some other equally ridiculous excuse and try to find some reason or they're going to have to see reason. And I think people think that as far as trading is concerned, Mario, just remember something. The money that is likely to come into the market when ETFs are approved is slow money it's not hot money. It's financial advisors. It's like a slow wave. It could be a very big one, but it's a slow wave. So when the Bitcoin fast money comes in, if it jams it back up to 30,000 in the next couple of days, there might not be anything behind that. And so you see technical levels becoming important, but it's really critical to remember that we've had this feature of a market where you've had the slow money buying and the fast money uh, Pauling out as fast as they possibly can so the question is that I don't know the answer to is will the fast money is there enough fast money to come back in to sustain a push back to the 30 level, or are we going to sit here for weeks as all this stuff plays out, but the trend now is undeniably the opposite
1: of what it was yesterday. Yeah, SEC it's just, uh, is just getting destroyed. Uh, the SEC is just getting just beaten left and right. It's unbelievable. When has the SEC gotten good news from the legal system in any of this enforcement action? They're just going to have to stop. Like Coinbase is going to absolutely slaughter them after the Ripple decision. And after seeing these things, the SEC cannot push any further. It let will, me read out, this is going to be the end of the SEC's war against crypto. It's, it's
0: over. <laughs> um, let me read out the article by fortune. They put out a piece pretty quickly. The US Court, and that kind of, uh, this is a recap for the audience that anyone joining, trying to figure out, like, guys, tell us why the fuck is the market pumping? Well, this is why. Uh, The US Court of Appeals for the the whatever issued its opinion in Grayscale versus SEC on Tuesday, ruling that the agency was unreasonable to deny, deny the crypto giant permission to launch a Bitcoin ETF. The ruling, which came after the SEC rejected Grayscale's latest bid to launch an ETF last October, opens the door to a potentially huge amount of new capital flowing into crypto markets. So it's from Fortune. While retail consumers and hedge funds have invested in Bitcoin for more than a decade, pension funds and other big players are talking about why ETFs are important. Other big players have largely stayed on the sidelines, in part because of corporate bylaws restrict uh, what they may invest in on behalf of their customers. And then they talk about why the ETF is um, very important. They talk about the lawsuit over the lawsuit over began. The lawsuit began last October when Grayscale sued the SEC after rejected the application to launch the ETF. Grayscale's claim focus on the disparate 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 treatment of ETFs that package Bitcoin futures contracts which the agency has allowed since 2021 and ones for spot market Bitcoin which has which has repeatedly denied. So I want to get more I'm trying to see if they they tell us anything what it means for the markets what it means for future ETF applications Um, but it's just like it kind of goes to the point that I wanted to make earlier before the news broke is that we're seeing money flow out of Bitcoin we're seeing NFTs trend to zero we're seeing just liquidity at all-time lows yet the 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 SEC is getting just on one side and institutions are getting into the market the smart money is getting into the market so if you told us like two years ago when is a good place when people were more more bullish when is a good time to enter they'd probably say when there's good news when the smart money is joining and liquidity and volume is at at all-time lows which seems like it's right now
1: Yeah, I agree 100%. But um, we do need to obviously dig into what's happening with the NFT market in the SEC, because the SEC obviously getting pushback here. But in the case of impact theory, there is a settlement, no blame uh, associated for anyone who missed it. That was the original topic here, is that Tom Bilio's impact theory did a NFT offering. And they basically raised $30 million. They just paid a just over a $6 million fine. They did not admit any guilt. But this was the first time that we've seen the SEC really push against an NFT release as the release of an unregistered security. I have to feel like their appetite for going after things like this, that may, be, may not wane because it's low hanging fruit and they can get these easy wins and settlements. But I just don't think they're going after anyone heavily again. Uh, after this, none, those, just, none of the huge names. They just keep. Looking. Just quickly,
0: we're at 27,400, Scott. So it's up 5% now. So um, that's a pretty good pump. So, Gareth, would you say that's before? Sorry, I, I keep pivoting back to the story that just broke. Um, but would you would you say, guys, like this is what would you expect from the market considering the news that we have today? Or is that pretty limited price action, Gareth? Gareth, are you there? Scott, Gareth. I'm here. Technical guys. Yeah, yeah Scott, do you think the market is at 27,400,
1: percent The next level that matters in my mind and that of probably most technicians is going to be the 28,600-ish area. Do you remember when we, we had 31,000 and we were ranging kind of between the mid-28s and 31? The big breakdown happened from the mid-28s down to 25. So now you're sort of in a range between 25 and let's call it 28-5. And so this, I would expect this move to push at least to there. Uh, and then we'll see what happens.
7: Yep. Yeah, I agree with that, Scott, 100%, right? In that 28 to 28.5 area.
0: Cool. So we'll keep covering this live and, and uh, we'll get some speakers up to keep covering the ETF, the Grayscale Wind, um, which is probably the, the main news of the day. There was other major news I think, Scott, you've covered well. And I, I want to offer some clarity on this, and this is pretty important for anyone in the NFT community. Like the the SEC was, was uh, you know, the SEC has the next target, um, and, and that's NFTs and that's unsurprising. The only surprising thing is that they targeted, you know, somebody who's trying, in my opinion, trying to do the right thing, trying to do it right as well. Probably the the, the language they use now, we had some things from the agreement that they had when they sold the NFTs, but Impact Theory sold NFTs and they said they're trying to build the next Disney. And the NFTs gave access to buyers, I probably should have looked into this a bit further. They gave access to buyers, I think, to speak to hosts or access to certain shows, all these little, uh, you know, perks, uh, impact theories. So Tom Billier runs a show, pretty big show. He's got a successful company as well. Um, and uh, yeah, he's tried to use the NFTs as an access card to the show. It's being part of a community, which to me is someone trying to play by the rules. I'm not talking the SEC's rules, but, you know, trying to do the right thing with NFTs, a use case that makes sense. Uh, but they got screwed hard. It's not they, only, they didn't only have to pay a $6 million fine, just for anyone that, that's listening they raise over $30 million from the NFT sale, they're not only paying a $6.1 million fine, they have to refund all original NFT purchases. So every person that purchased an NFT will get their money back in ETH um, and then all the NFTs will be destroyed. Essentially, they will be losing a minimum of $6.1 million. And that's their loss, plus any other expenses, uh, out-of-pocket expenses for launching the project. That to me sounds pretty aggressive, even though it does seem like it's a security, um, and it's just another reason for anyone building to be outside the U.S. It doesn't indemnify you, but it just makes it less likely the U.S. will go after you. Let's get, what do you think, Scott? Do you think that was a bit too far? Do you think they're doing the right thing? A bit too far
1: is could be the middle name of the SEC at this point. So, yes, of course, I agree it's a bit too far. I think that your sum, summary was very good. But once again, this is the uh, Kim Kardashian moment of the SEC with altcoins for NFTs, right? They basically went and said at that point that uh, any major celebrity or influencer who shills any crypto is going to get an enforcement action from the SEC. They made a cute video and Kim Kardashian paid a fine, also did not admit guilt. To me, this is, you know, Impact Theory was probably the biggest name that released a major NFT project outside of maybe Vaynerchuk. I mean, I think Gary Vee would probably be bigger, but Tom you know, you're talking about an extremely successful guy, a big name, successful podcast, big in the media. So I think they went after him to make a point and to say, you know, that these NFT projects are not going to be allowed and to, you know, to basically stifle anyone who's considering doing this again in the future. I would love, you know, the panel's takes on this uh, since we've been talking a lot. But that that's how I view it. I think they went after, once again, a huge settlement. They get the quote unquote win, even though Tom and Impact Theory didn't have to admit any guilt.
0: Yeah, so let me, before going to the title, let me just read out. Um, I'm looking at the Founders Keys website, it's still up, and it says what they call a story based NFT. So they build out a story, and I'm guessing they build out a game from it. They've got two projects here one called Mary Mods and the other one called Project Kaizen. So, again, anyone, anyone in the NFT community, if you launch an NFT project and are doing the right thing in building out the project, you should be worried. That's what this message, or the message I get from this. So I would have liked to see the SEC Tech action against all the scammers out there, not sure what their jurisdiction is, Um, but or at least target the the bad players in the ecosystem first, and then go after people like Tom Billier, who's just experimenting. Um, I think Tom Billier needs new lawyers, and I'll explain why in a second, but let me read out what the website says, just a couple of sentences. Our mission is to introduce people to empowering ideas that scale through story. And then he talks about both of his project. So that's the use case of his NFTs. It wasn't rela- related directly to his show, at least from uh, having a quick check on his website. Um, but yeah, we'd love to get your thoughts just for the for the panel and uh, what that means for the NFT ecosystem and what other enforcement action we could see from the SEC. Just yesterday, we we're talking about the SEC versus crypto influencers, and now we're talking about NFTs. I just want
3: one question: How long before they
6: go after Trump's NFTs? Dave, we got to <laughs> yeah. yeah, he said, he, Guy, said, how he long, said,
1: how long until they go after Trump's NFTs? Dave, your might yeah. be bad, but I did get catch the end of that.
0: Yeah, so, and, and there's other players. Like if you go through the list of uh, big players in the NFT ecosystem, you got Nike, you got Dolce & Cabana, you got Tiffany, Gucci, Adidas, Time, Budweiser, Bud Light, Lacoste, Nickelodeon, McLaren, Pepsi, all these guys launched their own NFT project. Now, I'm not comparing what they did to what Tom did, because if I, you read out Tom's agreement when he launched his NFT... Um, 6C says, now we're building out this IP. Imagine that it could have gotten in on Disney when they were doing Steamboat Willie. And that's how we think of the legendary tier. They're talking about one of their tiers in the NFT. Uh, that's how we think of this whole first drop, quite frankly. So comparing yourself to, to a public company, to Disney, telling people, imagine getting in into Disney, you know, in my opinion, sounds like, you know, buying shares of Disney just before they launched a certain uh, character. And then they say, Seven says, Impact Theory also underscored that this perpetrator this value would be derived from the company's efforts, and that just, it's like they went to, a, to the to, to the, the exact language that would piss off the SEC, and then the lawyers like, hey, let's use this because the SEC won't like it. The the value would be derived from the company's efforts. No job, that's what Seven says, <laughs> and the impact theory would use the proceeds from the offering for development, bringing on more team and creating more projects, for example, then one example is, but yeah, I will make sure we do something that by any reasonable standard, people got a crushing, hilarious amount of value. What do you think, uh, Randall?
5: I think that we shouldn't be surprised that this was, I mean, this is a security. Like, you know, I'm all for crypto fighting, you know, back against the SEC where the SEC is wrong, but this is clearly a case of, you know, this is framed as a security. And I don't know if this guy got, decent legal advice before he actually did it because you know to say things like this this, this is a fucking security right
0: i mean as simple as that and uh since you just jumped on now what about the news that we saw today gray scale winning winning unbelievable
5: the i'm actually sorry i was actually on a call it's, it's tax day in, in south africa so we have to file, file and all our taxes but i mean i'm just reading all these things that are coming out yet it's, it's, it's a massive massive win for the sec and it just shows like you know when when they have been fought. So like you've got the fight against Ripple, they lost or they lost half. Uh, the fight against the SEC, they lost. It just shows that if you can take it to the end, there is actually a chance of of beating the SEC. And every time we beat them, it makes us a little bit stronger. So I think it's a it's a massive, massive, massive win.
0: Yeah, I'm trying to get some different takes from from Crypto Twitter as well. But so, so we've got two big pieces of news today, one good, one bad. And, and let's go to so – we've got David here as well. We've got uh, Vivek um, and I brought up uh, uh, Crypto Rover as well. Guys, we'd love to get your thoughts on two big pieces of news that we're seeing right now. Let me bring up Cole as well, someone from the – lively NLP. panel live yeah way. today live like, we've everywhere. got, we got a, 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 the sec you guys love to shit about the sec but when the sec loses all of your quiet that are celebrating and then when nfts get crushed by the sec all you guys are nft profile pics let's see cole cole you've got a profile pic of an nft maybe time to change it i just i just joined uh times are changing for what the time for you to change your profile. <laughs> this is going great. we ran. We very, very high market. Market. I think
1: everyone,
0: everyone sets up. Everyone is, trauma, everyone is traumatized today, but everyone's trauma. The NFT community is traumatized with Impact Theory getting screwed so, by the SEC. And then everyone's sitting there buying crypto right now with BTC
4: pumping. So Why do you think BTC is pumping, man? It's because our panel is buying crypto. Can I, can I jump in, Mario? I I, I, I think uh, this is David Dowell. Um, so, so th- just to detail, I, I just got on. I'm sorry. Um, so, just to detail, effectively, you know, this is a, a win towards uh, GBTC being converted into um, into an ETF. So, um, I would expect, on the basis of this news, at least for Bitcoin, it, it now justifies if if you look at bitcoin in a vacuum which it's not but let's look at it that way you know clearly it should retrace the the bump that it got from blackrock's etf filing if not higher than that right now that we are um that's 31 right exactly yes exactly so certainly well, I want to understand something. Just one second. I want to understand something because I'm reading
5: something here. I'm reading something here, um, which I think is incorrect. The, the stuff that I'm, that I'm reading here says, Grayscale Investments got a green light from a federal court to launch the first Bitcoin exchange-traded fund in the United States. That should not be accurate. No, that's not true. Yeah, that's yeah. not accurate. It, it, not, who wrote this? Who wrote this, Ryan? Uh, who wrote this? Call them out. But it's Sabrina Wilmer and Alison Verspril. I'm not sure where it comes from. Um, yeah, that's that's wrong. That's that's completely
4: wrong. I'm just, yeah. That, I just I just wanted to make sure that 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 we're that we're right. Yeah, I I think we're right. I think that's wrong. Um, I, I you know that's that's an awful shorthand for what happened. That's all. That that's what it boils down to. Um, to be accurate, right? Uh, there is no guarantee at this point that the ETF will will go through, but clearly. The SEC has been knocked down uh, in terms of its opposition. And so therefore, like I was saying before, I'm just trying to make a very simple, you know, argument that we should at least, you know, retrace above 31,000, I should say, you know, north of 31,000, because not only do we now have BlackRock as part of the, you know, group that wants to offer ETFs, uh, but now we have, in fact, procedurally, um, you know, more momentum to get past any pushback that uh, that the administration or the regulatory agencies would go ahead and have. And so at the very least, with respect to Bitcoin, that's where we should go. The question is, is whether the market reached through this even greater than that. But I would be a buyer, um, you know, not investment advice to anybody else, but I would be a buyer anywhere below thirty one thousand at this point.
1: To really quickly, Mario, this is really interesting. I'm just happened to be looking at the charts. Obviously, I, I drew a big. Uh, anyone who looks at my Twitter, a big uh, middle finger to the SEC over the chart pattern. But this volume right now, uh, with six minutes less left in the hour, is about two and a half times as much buy volume on this hourly candle as there was on the candle that dropped price from basically 28 uh, to about like 26. So this is more sell volume probably and more buy volume in one hour than the entirety of the sell volume from 29 down to 25.
5: Yeah, I'm going to play you this thing. It actually came from Bloomberg, funny enough. Um, I mean, no surprise that the reporting isn't 100%, but I mean, let's just quickly, I'm trying to try and connect or get a laptop to play, one second. Um, hold on a second. So what does
0: that, so Scott, I'll ask you, Oh, hold on. Here we go. Okay, I'm, I've got it. Right, cool. Go
3: ahead. Years long pursuit for grayscale. Remember, it has been fighting the SEC's decision, and now it has uh, the courts in there. If you look at the grayscale Bitcoin Trust, this is the main entity that would face conversion. This is one of the longest-standing, largest trusts holding Bitcoin, in which retail and institutional investors have been able to gain exposure for many, many years now. You are looking at a discount to net asset value, really narrowing here. At this very moment, it stands at. about twenty four percent on gross net asset value, but uh, that is expected to narrow as they get closer to the ETF conversion, which has really become a main thesis for investing in this fund. And beyond that is, as you're saying, there is a whole host of other ETF filings in the pipeline. Okay, no, it doesn't talk specifically. well for those firms. I will also say that in addition to the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust finding uh, some love on. Yeah, it
5: doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. Uh, doesn't say anything. Um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't specifically talk about what they said. But that first bit of news that I gave you actually did come from Bloomberg.
0: Yeah, and just, guys, can I ask you a question, just a broad question before going to Rover? Scott, does that, are we closer to being able to say that the SEC fight against crypto is over?
1: I don't think it's over. I no think that they'll continue to go. No, not at all. So I, listen, they're going to have to pursue the Binance and Coinbase action. I would just say that their case against Coinbase holds very little water at this point, more specifically after the Ripple judgment. Except because- the, yeah. Yeah, because if the SEC's entire case, and it's not the entire case, but the bulk of it is that Coinbase is offering the sale of unregistered securities, if in the Ripple case, we have clarity that the secondary sale of those is not securities, well, bye-bye SEC. But what I would say, and I've been saying this for probably months now at this point. Uh, is that it feels like the SEC and the anti-crypto army and the Elizabeth Warren wing, they just pushed way too far and the pendulum is swinging back, right? I mean, it's not popular politically, it's not popular with the constituency. And at this point, I think that there's just not going to be a political taste for much more action. I think they'll follow through with what they're doing. And I think we'll see a ton of action against people who cannot afford to fight the SEC and who will settle cases like this that we, we're seeing with uh, impact theory, right? They get $6 million, they get to make a little video, they get to call it a win, and they get to set a precedent to some degree that other people shouldn't do the same thing and could be in trouble. So I do think we're still going to see a lot of actions. I just don't see anything. I, I don't think that they have the manpower or the political will at this point to go after anyone sizable now. That's my take. I could, of course, be
4: completely wrong. No, honest. but
5: Scott, Scott, they're going to carry on going because they've got unlimited. No, no, no. Wait, because, I I'll take,
4: because- I take issue with that, Ren. I, l- let me jump on the back of Scott on this one. Look, the FTC, right, um, has has made similar uh, cavalier moves, right, and has been smacked down by courts. And the question really is, and I, I don't, I don't know the answer to this. Yes, they have unlimited resources. If they are given access to those resources, the question is, is whether the president, frankly, and his staff wants to go ahead and continue to support losing, using regulatory agencies, especially going into an election cycle.
1: The SEC is losing. There's no reason for them politically to keep trying more enforcement actions and to continue losing. It's a very big political at- risk now
5: look at Coinbase, Coinbase up $11 today, 15.35% on the day. Unbelievable what's going on. I mean, look, I think that the SEC, the SEC, I think the biggest thing here is that we're telling the SEC that if you, if you are big enough to fight back, the courts are are maintaining some kind of sanity and sanity has meant that in every single big case that the SEC has gone up against crypto, um, the, the,
4: the SEC has, has lost. I mean, that's where it is. Not lost, but he's losing. I am thankful for Trump-appointed judges. Me too. Me too.
5: And I and I, I think that I think that if Americans vote for the Biden administration again in twenty twenty four, then I think Americans deserve whatever they get, whatever that means. That's what I believe.
0: Ouch. I think I think people that vote Biden or Trump, the last thing they're thinking about is crypto. I think there's a lot bigger issues that people are worried yeah, about. Yeah,
5: if you're voting for
1: Biden or Trump, then crypto is the last thing on your mind because they both hate it, let's be honest.
5: Scott, right now, if there's a Biden-Trump rundown, and I know you're a Democrat- How are things in South Africa these days, Rand? Because I'm thinking about- no, uh... I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, just asking, I'm just asking, if there's a Biden-Trump showdown in 2024, as it stands right now, as a Democrat, where's your vote going?
1: i'm not a democrat uh i'm you told me you
5: were registered democrat once sir. no
1: i used to be i'm registered unaffiliated for the past uh eight years or something like that um yeah i i i mean i don't know to be honest to be honest i would write in Pee Wee herman or something I, I i can't i can't in good conscience vote for either of them i hate to get into politics but obviously i despise biden and what's happening on, on that side i think that's bad for me personal Personally, but I also, and anyone, it's it's easy to go back in my history. I don't talk about it too much anymore because, uh, you know, I hate getting threats and trolls. But I also have a personal relationship with Trump Mario, family Mario, that's Mario, not positive. You,
5: Mario, Mario, Scott, Scott, can't give me a straight answer. If you were American and right now there was a Biden-Trump showdown and you had to, and you had to uh,
0: uh, take a vote, where do you go? I'm I'm about to tweet something with banter bubbles being used, i screenshot of banter bubbles. So if if you have two choices, force me to to force me to answer this question or not tweet banter bubbles. If I tweet banter bubbles, can I not answer the question?
5: Dave, 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 I want to hear your your thing. Uh, American uh, uh, Trump versus Biden today on the ballot
0: paper, who are you voting? And then, Dave, I want to add a question to it, if you don't mind. I'll answer Ryan's Mario, question. Tweet, one other question. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet it. I'll tweet it. It's tweet, out. It's tweet, out just tweet, now. Tweet, tweet, just let me, can tweet, I add one more question, Ryan? One more question. How this news compares to the XRP news we saw to crypto? So two questions. The XRP news was bigger. This is great. I agree with that. It brings us one step closer
5: to getting an ETF. But that doesn't change the future of the industry and what's what is a security and what's not a security.
0: But that so makes is, But but that makes that makes the 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 ETF a lot less li- a lot more likely to be approved. And for us, the ETF is the biggest news. Yeah, but I think right Mario. No I, think no the, I think that hold the I think that the
1: application wait, wait. No, by BlackRock it's, was bigger. That's all.
2: Would you get from from a speculator get, standpoint? From I, I, from I speculator go, standpoint go, this is bigger. Would
5: you go? Would you rather have you know that when you're kids you play the game? Would you rather? Would you rather have a, a Bitcoin ETF or a ruling that the altcoins aren't securities? Which one is better for you, more beneficial for you in the long term?
8: The ruling,
0: the ruling is not as powerful as an ETF getting approved. The
5: ruling, the, it, it, no, the one changes the, the one changes the trajectory of the entire industry. The other one is just some more buying pressure. Very different.
2: But Rand, as a speculator, this is bigger news. If you're purely a speculator, this is a bigger this is
4: bigger news. No, it's not. Come on, this is on one
5: asset. This is on Bitcoin. What about the other assets? Ran. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll Rand. agree
4: with Ran on that. This Rand. is David Towell. This is very Bitcoin narrow. And frankly, if it again going back to the SEC, I, I I don't know what their what what its mandate is in terms of how far it can go, but it could continue to pursue everything else. It's gone on its plate, you know, except for Bitcoin related actions. Which at the end of the day, we all knew eventually. The SEC would have to throw up its arms and say, we agree that we've always said that Bitcoin is not a security, and therefore, you know, we should be comfortable allowing for a spot Bitcoin ETF. I I, I firmly believe that everybody here figured we'd eventually get there, and frankly, sooner rather than later. The question now is, and, and I agree, I would much rather the XRP ruling stand and not be potentially at risk. Then, then have this, but you know, I'll take what I can get at this point <laughs> and and David, move on. Can
2: I ask you this way? Can I ask you this way though? Bitcoin is fifty percent of the market, right? Do you think people, the mass market, will adopt Bitcoin or they'll adopt altcoins? And in my perspective, it's Bitcoin, and that's why I think it's bigger. Well, than I, th- most, I, right? I, I, I disagree
4: people. with the thesis. Right? In other words, is, I'm not a full on maximalist. I, I do believe that there is room in the world for other you know, currencies, there's other use cases. I, I, I think that this needs to go bigger than that. Yeah, my portfolio is heavily weighted to Bitcoin right now. But that's just the trading pro- posture as opposed to a course, long-term I mean, belief in the second. How,
5: I don't even understand. I don't understand how intelligent people are having a discussion like this. This is this is a ruling which is getting us one step closer. It doesn't even approve an ETF, it's just one step closer to a Bitcoin-only ETF. The XRP case basically says, all the innovation that we're doing that is not Bitcoin may actually not actually be a security, and therefore we can actually continue to innovate. Clearly, yeah. the XRP case is way bigger. Come on, it's a, it's a uh, it's yeah. And
2: great. I would argue, Rand, Rand how many trajectory. people do you know adopted alt before they, altcoins before they adopted Bitcoin? Like this, to me, is the entryway for the mass market. It Bitcoin. was. This is not Rand, you're adopted. also missing this is the political investment.
6: Ran, you're missing the political interdependence here. If Bitcoin ETF is approved and it becomes part of the mainstream dialogue, it's, you know, a gateway and politicians aren't that subtle. And so the question then becomes, what's the likelihood if it becomes a popular asset with lots of adherence, with lots of people, that the FIT Act is going to be, you know, something considered anathema to the Democrats? We've already seen breaks in that. This actually does have big influence. There is cross. It, it does matter because politicians don't know Bitcoin maxis versus, you know, it, it, they don't think that way. The fact is either crypto becomes something that they want to stall and fight or they don't. And if it becomes don't, then it's not whether it's a security or not, because right now there are no rules with securities. The re- only reason Bitcoin or altcoins being a security is an issue is because the rules don't work for them given an act that forces the SEC and CFTC to write rules that will work, then it changes the narrative. And so that's what's going on here. That's why this matters, not just for Bitcoin. That's why Ether is rallying today, too, not just Bitcoin.
1: I would argue that the BlackRock ETF application was way bigger than the grayscale win, personally. I just think that that's bigger news. Yeah, and look, a look. Step in the, but, but this so, is a step in the right direction. I also think that the Ripple decision was bigger than this. I agree with Rand on that because more, because I think, once again, it, it's going to be a major crack in the case against Coinbase. And I think the case against Coinbase is the pivotal moment whenever that finally gets settled for this industry.
0: Yeah and, and um, no I don't disagree with you there I just think like look what happened to the price of crypto to the price of bitcoin when the when the BlackRock ETF application came in 25 to so, 31 right we went 25 yeah, exactly. to exactly are we going are, are we going to at least break 286 if we don't break 286 for this news this is a depressing depressing bear market did you expect um the SEC to lose this case honestly Yes did anyone? Yes I only expected
1: the SEC to lose this case not because I have any insight, but because we have experts on here who have insight and are the ones who are looking at this every day and who have priced that out. Like you said, I mean, we had Eric Balchunas and James Safer both on here who said that they thought, you know, Grayscale was going to beat the SEC. Listen, from the very first day, I don't know if you guys remember, but the first day in court, the judge of this particular case, the judge was extremely dismissive of the SEC's case, questioned it outright from the very beginning, and almost implied that it shouldn't even be in court because it was kind of absurd. So I think that most people from day one believe that Grayscale had a very good chance of winning. The thing is, and once again, just to reiterate, that doesn't mean that we get the conclusion that we want from it, which is why I don't see this as big of news, because the SEC can play this in a number of ways that would not necessarily be benefic- beneficial for the industry.
8: Um, just Can I say something, Mario? Hello, everyone. Yeah. How are you? Hey, man. How are you? Hi. Okay, long time. Um, just from... Um, uh, I I'm, I'm would like to give like a more global uh, view of things. I think uh, s- sitting out here and going around, I can see that basically the U.S. cannot stay as an outlier when it comes to this adoption. I mean, we see a bunch of regulations, a bunch of uh, clarity happening all over the world. I don't see the U.S. staying out of this. Obviously, now the US have chosen to go through the, you know, enforcement and going to court, etc. But yet, at the end of the day, regulations tend to converge because we live in a global environment. Uh, second, I think that this uh, the the new narrative that BlackRock is throwing around when they talk to capital allocators, which is basically Bitcoin is the only truly global asset uh, uh, as an asset class, and this is, I think. A fundamental distinction that is attractive, for, that is very attractive for capital allocators, but also for sovereigns. So, so I think yes, it's going to be a piecemeal type of process for the U.S., but things will converge towards you know just adopting this asset class, etc. The U.S. obviously has uh, has taken the path of going to courts and be challenging this environment, et etc um yeah that's a path but uh, it's a path that will converge towards something so i think from from a practitioner perspective uh, uh, uh obviously it will happen when it will happen we don't know but there is a path to it and there is a precedent globally and there is let an me, environment in which it can converge let me just give a quick update as well um uh, and now I'd love to go to Ryan.
0: It's a rare occurrence that we have Ryan on stage. So so we will we, we, we make the most out of it. Ryan, your honor, it's a pleasure to have you <laughs> after all these months now. Um this must your This must be the happiest day of your life. <laughs> of your, life. Your, uh, your arch rival just got hit in the face. Let um, me read out some Let me read out some numbers, just quickly uh, updating the markets and then we'd love to get Ryan's thoughts on this. Coinbase up 13.6%, Riot 12%, Marathon Digital 14%. Um, this goes up. We got Bitcoin's up five point one percent, ETH over four percent, BNB over five, and XRP over four percent. Ryan, would love to get your thoughts.
9: Well, uh, it's it's you know I'll, I'll spare everybody the uh, the Schadenfreude. I think uh, anyone that's followed me for a while uh, knows my feelings on the SEC chair. But you know, tr- truly, I think um, the SEC is or at least it used to be an important institution to protect investors, you know, make the U S capital markets fair and efficient and, and, and really, you know, the, the top you know, capital you know, formation engine in the world. And it's a regulator that's just lost its way. Um, and, you know, fish rots from the head. And that's what you've seen with Gary Gensler. Um, you know, from a personal standpoint, that's obviously, you know, pretty satisfying. You know, I do own some GBTC shares uh, as be you know, full disclosure. Um, I think, uh, as many folks know, I've been highly, highly critical to put it mildly of of Gary Gensler. Um, but it's it's always been rooted in fact, and and what I think is um, just asking for consistency and um, legitimate treatment. Um, and and you know the SEC is an agency to just abide by its its stated mission and its its core principles, um, which is around investor protection. Where they were failing abysmally with a, a multi-billion dollar discount to the GBTC shares that were floated because there was no redemption mechanism thanks to its, its novel structure and its inability to convert to an ETF. Um, I think the markets are going to be fairer um, with this ruling. Um, you won't have a delta between derivatives-based ETFs that basically just enrich the uh, financial firms that are market-making around it and, and, and you know kind of clipping even more exorbitant fees than you'd have in, in a spot ETF. Um, I think is good for you know, the industry's uh, general institutional adoption uh, and trajectory and then I I think most importantly this should really embolden many other entrepreneurs um, you know predominantly in crypto but I think even more broadly to take a little bit of a different tack with their financial regulators I mean the the, the issue is you know we, we live in a country where as government you know um, uh, of, of the people you know for the people not, you know the people work for the government and and we've just ceded so much control in general um particularly to to our financial regulators and there's this kind of unwritten rule that you don't criticize your financial regulator you certainly don't sue them um but when they've lost their way and they're just running roughshod over you know legal norms and um and and ultimately running in some cases diametrically opposed to their stated mission you got to hit them in the mouth and you know what um, you know, get this guy out of there, right? He's he's Ryan, corrupt, Ryan. he's inept, Ryan. and and ultimately he's embarrassing. You know, the the administration now with some of these uh, really crippling losses. So it's a good day for everybody.
5: Ryan, I have a question for you. If uh, if I put you in front of Gary Gensler right now,
9: what would you say to him?
5: if you were to really speak your mind, no no holds barred, no
9: consequences. What would you say to Gary Gensler if you were in front of him right now? Well, I mean, I've, you guys have known I've been around long enough. And, and you know, I, I'd like to think that I've survived because uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more professional. than maybe, you know, some people might think just from my spicy tweets. But I would probably just smile. I mean, there's nothing else to say. This guy is, is losing. He knows he's wrong. Um, he knows that he's tried to turn the SEC into a merit regulator. Look at his ESG Standards. Look at you know all, all these kind of new rules that he's writing. His his immediate pivot to AI to get in the headlines. I just smile, um, and I wouldn't even need to say anything. I think you know the the smile should basically say your career is over. You know it. You've been on the wrong side of too many issues. You've embarrassed this administration. You're losing in court. You've lost all legitimacy. People in your agency don't respect you, and you know the only ally that you have is a fringe senator who, frankly, based on our polling, would lose. Um, even in, in deep blue Massachusetts, if the former Republican governor would just run against her. So we got to, you know, enlist him. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, Elizabeth Warren's influence in, in terms of all the staffers at the SEC and, and the other major financial regulators that starts to dissipate and we can start having serious conversations. So, wow. I mean, I, I just I would just smile. But, you know, let me let me just you know say, um, I think at the end of the day, what we need is a not a laissez faire no rules sec chair but we need someone that's actually going to follow the agency's mission and you know you can smile at someone and uh, and wink at them and have it be a b- big middle finger at the same time because the facts and, and and kind of the outcomes are on your side and that's what we got today
5: what's a bigger mm-hmm. what was a bigger ruling if you were to compare the two if you took this this ruling and you took the sec ruling which which ruling is a is do you think is a bigger when, or, I assume you're talking or, about the XRP ruling. The XRP ruling. Which, yeah. if you've got if you've got uh, the XRP ruling and you've got the, w-
9: w- which one do you think is bigger for crypto? It's it's no contest. It's this one. Um, so, so first of all, the the XRP ruling was a mixed bag. Um, uh, the uh, I think it was important that they uh, that they ruled um, that these were not financial instruments in and of themselves, the XRP tokens. But then you had another regulator. That kind of conflicted um, with that ruling. Um, more recently, um, with, the, with 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 a subsequent ruling, I'm, I'm blanking on the on the name of the, the second case, um, but that's something that's probably going to get brought up to the Supreme Court because there's a direct conflict between two district courts. Um, the uh, with XRP, you also had the SEC ruled that the institutional sales so the direct sales that Ripple made of XRP to other counterparties was a security so that one was very much a mixed bag this one if you read through it it's basically you know the court saying to the SEC you just made shit up you know you made shit up because you don't like this asset and you didn't want to approve it and you were dug in on it well everything that you did was didn't make sense, and and clearly this was arbitrary and capricious. I mean, that's a high standard for a court to not defer to a financial regulator. Um, so it's egregious in terms of like their decision-making process here. Um, and right, um, they said they, that yeah, from day yeah, one in this case, right? Yeah, they,
1: I mean, the, the SEC was losing from the first hour of this this case.
9: It, it, exactly, but but you never know what happens behind closed doors. You know, they can ask tough questions, but if they're satisfied with the answers, or they think it over and and, and kind of weigh you know all the evidence. In one fell swoop, then they, they can come to a you know different conclusion, even if their questions are somewhat pointed. But the, you know, again, the other reason that this is so big is you know, as Bitcoin goes, so goes the rest of the industry when it comes to integration into the into the broader financial system. And what this is is basically a um, a court ruling that essentially says you need to treat Bitcoin fairly relative to other commodities, and, and you need to treat this commodity ETF fairly compared to other commodity ETFs. And that means 40 act funds should be able to buy shares of a Bitcoin trust. That means all of this institutional capital that's been sitting on the sidelines, either because they just can't hold the underlying asset for whatever reason, or they've been given these like implicit suggestions quote unquote that they shouldn't own these shares because the SEC would frown upon that and you know awful nice shop that you have there be ashamed if something happened to it has been the subtext of of you know this agency and and the goons that are currently working under Gensler and and I think that changes that you know going to my point about people being emboldened I think people you know now now they look at it at this as a split decision which is okay we disagree with our financial regulator but it's still the SEC And now it's, well, at least we have the course on our side. So maybe we can be a little bit more assertive here, even for the most conservative old school financial institution or asset manager, you're going to start to see the floodgates open. And that's going to start with Bitcoin. And then ultimately, I think you're going to see other victories for Ethereum. You're going to see other momentum building to pass some legislation that gives some guideposts for how this asset class should be treated. And and I think, you know, this this goes a long way, you know, for Bitcoin itself, for institutional adoption, and then also for pushing the pace of what what we should expect in DC out of uh, out of the, the legislators as well.
5: Okay, I'm um, trying. No, i just asking, asking, because, um, Do you think that this changes uh, who would be the first ETF? Like, do you think that that Grayscale could be? BlackRock to get the first approved ETF. Do you think it's still BlackRock in the in the lead? Do you think somebody
9: else? Do you think they will all be approved at once? How do you see this playing out? You know, I I, I don't know. Um, I, you know, I think it's anybody's guess. You know, they can mess with the ordering as, as best they, they they can. It doesn't really change the dynamics for Grayscale though, whether they're first or later, because all of their assets under management are captive until they convert. Right, so. Um, because of the structure, there there are as as many people might know there, there are not um, currently redemptions available for grayscale trust assets, and so all of these Bitcoin are captive assets that can't necessarily move to another issuer just because they get beaten out of the gates. Um, but what I think is interesting, you know, with respect to all the ETF competition, is really what this does um, for GBTC uh, shareholders long term. It, it's going to be it's going to be great for them twice because one. The discount is already closing. It's down to 17%, which is the lowest it's been since, uh, I think, February 2021 or, or sometime early 2021. Um, and the fees are going to have to go down, too, because they're, right now they're priced at you know, 2% annual fees. Grayscale's already indicated they'd bring that number down. But basically, any other spot issuer that wants to be competitive is, is going to have to compete on fees. And you're going to start to see this get whittled down closer and closer into the, you know, 50 to 75 basis point range, maybe. So, so not only are you closing the discount um, to the the underlying asset value here by allowing for redemptions within an ETF, but you're also creating some some pretty significant pressure on the fees, and that's going to ultimately be good for shareholders. What I think people will wake up to tomorrow is if Grayscale can just magically convert tomorrow to an ETF, this is a disaster for DCG because Grayscale is their cash cow, And if all of a sudden you have both immediate fee pressure in the sense that um, Grayscale is going to have to reduce fees to be competitive from 2% to 1% or 75 basis points, whatever it is, you're talking about an immediate 50% haircut, not to mention the redemptions and the potential um, uh, outflows that you could see um, once this trades at par and, and people can actually create and redeem shares. In other words, take assets away from their AUM. So all of a sudden, the crown jewel of of DCG, that frankly is is propping that entity up because you need the cash flows from Grayscale to, to pay you know all this debt um, and and you know, potentially get out from under some of the, the Genesis related contagion. Now that you know that, that earnings engine for that entire business is going to take a hit, and the only way to you know, make up for that is is to see Bitcoin at you know one hundred thousand or two hundred thousand yeah. to make it up on volume. This is
1: bad for Grayscale. I mean, as much well, as no, it's, I a, mean, great, it's a great. win for them, for them, as you said, I mean, you pointed it out and we've talked about it a lot. It's horrible for them financially. And we also just had the news that uh, today DCG was effectively settle, you know, uh, going to repay uh, Genesis and the false news that that meant 90% back for creditors. But if you really dig into it, it's more of a beneficial move to help DCG than it is to help creditors. I, I think they're in big trouble, frankly.
9: Well, I, I don't necessarily think that it's horrible. So this is the nuance here. I don't think it's horrible for Grayscale because Grayscale is a business. Their margins are phenomenal and, and they have so many other products. And, and this could open the door for them to really be you know, a, a, a tremendous you know, player in, um, uh, in creating you know, many different types of ETFs and trusts and a whole family of products long term. But in the near term, it creates immediate pressure on their flagship products. Which, you know, the near term is what matters when you're talking about debt service, right? So I think for the long term, this is kind of inevitable for for Grayscale. Um, and they're playing a volume game and a number of products game and a, a rising kind of tide um, lifts all boats type of game. To, in, in that respect, Grayscale itself is still well positioned. Now the issue is, okay, you can't just dividend out those cash flows from Grayscale and use it to service all the other kind of, you know, holding company needs that, that, that happen to level up and, and that are a result of some of these. Uh, really you know, tricky issues uh, with with Genesis and some of the other affiliates of DCG so it's it's a it's a really interesting case because you know the the actually the incentives at, at grayscale and DCG uh, well the incentives at grayscale you know um, are, are one thing but I think both the incentives at grayscale and DCG are actually to slow play. The actual conversion to an ETF as much as possible, even though they just won, right? Right. Um, so it's 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 a really really weird uh, dynamic, but ultimately, I think um, you're starting to see the public market reaction. It's great for the GBTc shareholders.
0: Yes. Yeah, so, so, so the question I have is: first, looking at the the SEC's win rate, um, you know, they they win ninety percent of the contested cases they brought to the administrative law judges, and that's between 2010 and 2015, and they won seventy percent of federal court trials. Over that same period. So seeing how they're losing in crypto, we have got two losses so far, and then we see how the Coinbase one goes and the others as well. Seeing all the losses they're facing, what does that mean for crypto? Okay. How bullish, you know, looking at the prices right now and the sentiment in the markets right now, how bullish should we be? And, and could we make a statement? Are we closer to making the statement that the SEC's fight against crypto is close to, you
9: know, close to dying and their sentiment should, would be forced to change in the near future? I don't think that Gary Gensler cares if he has a single friend in Washington. He's going to go down with the ship. Um, and so I, I think unless he gets a phone call from the White House saying, we need you to step aside and we'll make room for you in our next administration, but it won't be in the SEC, um, he's he's not going anywhere. Um, Why? I think he, well, because he's he's stubborn and I, I think he's um, – uh, you you have to kind of look at his history and um, you know i I don't throw around the word corruption loosely, but I, I think that he's just a corrupt um, you know a political actor and um, and him losing in court is just going to make him dig in and say, okay, you know screw you like we'll we'll you know, we'll, Isn't we'll, he acting we'll, on their
1: directive anyways, right? I mean, this is their directive, right? You made the point. It's Until it becomes politically unpopular for the administration yeah. that put him here, he's not going to change. But there yeah, could I mean, be a call re- coming down saying this is becoming
9: unpopular. I mean, remember, this SEC could turn around and if they accept this ruling, yeah. You know, first of all, I don't know what the appeals process looks like, but but they could turn around and they could say, OK, you know, you're right. No more futures ETFs because we don't trust the underlying spot Bitcoin market that i would actually put that as a higher probability event knowing that the principles here um and and kind of the agency lead that we have then um well let me I, i would have put that as a higher probability event until you saw the parade of blackrock and all the other kind of traditional finance firms um starting to throw their hat into the ring i think now that there's just too much political momentum from from kind of the Wall Street crowd to push, you know, the spot ETF over the line. But, you know, I, I think it's going to be kicking and screaming um, versus, you know, something that's done, you know, voluntarily or, or with any expediency. So I, I don't know what this means in terms of timelines, but I don't think that's going to change a single thing that the SEC does, because in their eyes, they're at least, and, and think about uh, Gensler's political calculation as he's getting to the end of his career. He can't, take a loss at this point. So his best case scenario is, let me finish out my term, grind these guys down, piss everybody off. And then you know what? The next time there's some crypto crisis or some bankruptcy or or some big black eye for the industry when I'm out of office, I can take a victory lap and say, I told you so. And no one believed me, right? That's kind of his only play at this point. um, Because otherwise, he's just kind of toast because he's mismanaged this industry. and, And I think the agency just... Tremendously uh, over the course of the last couple of years. But yeah, that doesn't take away from the fact that this, you know, I always like to say crypto is inevitable, right? It's just a matter of time scale. And this is a move in that direction. So and, um, it's, it's great. There's another important piece of news. I know
0: Eleanor and other panelists are up as well, but there's another important piece of news that we were meant to cover before this news broke. And that's the SEC's win against uh, uh, Impact Theory and the NFT they launched. Now, Impact Theory is obviously a legit project you know we're not talking about one of these nft scams a legit company by a legit founder yet their lawyers were pretty pretty lazy you know they in their in their agreement when people purchase the nft it talks about um uh so it says impact theory underscored that this permanent value would be derived from the company's efforts okay that's not in the agreement so that's in the sec's uh, uh, lawsuit so my apologies there i should in the agreement but then, you know they mentioned some quotes um, from the agreement or from the website of Impact um, Theory's NFT project, and, and lawyers just didn't, you know, didn't do their homework. So, we would love to get your thoughts on this. And obviously, the SEC lost when it comes to Grayscale, but they, you can call this a win with Impact Theory. And what um, what you could what we could see in the next few months with other NFT projects by um, um, just uh, entrepreneurs and also by big companies like uh, you know Nike, Tiffany, Gucci, Adidas, and all them.
9: Uh, you know, I don't have strong thoughts on this one. You know, other than it, it just it, it it continues to point to the fact that we need clear rulemaking and and guidance from Congress, um, and uh, and and some of these terms and some of these different projects need to be better defined. Otherwise, we're going to continue to argue until you know the end of his term um, what the what the Howey test means and how it applies to various crypto assets, um, whether it's an NFT and a ERC twenty you know, Ethereum, anything, you know, anything in between. So um, I think, you know, it's to to me, I I personally don't read too, too much into that single um, ruling, but I, I thought Paul uh, from uh, Coinbase actually had a good take on this, which is, you know, bad facts can make bad law, but that, that still means that it's bad law. Um, and I think, you know, with this particular case, without going into the nitty gritty, I, I think it was, you know, a pretty, uh, pretty bad set of facts, but it's just the SEC trying to build momentum, um, against, you know, a weak, um, project with, with a bunch of bad facts and, uh, and, and then extrapolate that to extend to a bunch of different assets. So, um, you know, I, I, think, uh, minor in the grand scheme of things, but, you know, we'll keep an eye on the, the precedent itself and, um, and make sure that, the SEC continues to look at these on a facts and circumstances basis versus you know, trying to apply blanket statements to the entire asset class.
0: And any updates, you know, we, we covered your thesis in a the space uh, over a month ago. Um, and then right after this, two days after that, we saw the XRP ruling today. We're talking about Grayscale and there's other developments in the past month. Any updates you'd like to make to that thesis that I highly recommend? Probably everyone's read it here, but if anyone hasn't read it, highly recommend you check it out. Uh, any updates to your thesis, Ryan, and, and kind of a general
9: take on the markets today and over the next six months? Well, um, as you guys know, I, I wanted to, you know, have this conversation uh, uh, You know, the, the last couple of months and, and we keep missing each other for different reasons. I just had another kid um, being, you know, one, one Congratulations. of the reasons. <laughs> I know I've, we're a little bit delayed here, but um, yeah, I think um, uh, the, I'd say that the big overarching thesis that I'm, uh, kind of updating right now is like, what is going to be the catalyst and, and where are the signs of life? Because we're we're kind of approaching the deepest part of apathy right now in this cycle. Um, you know, it seems like the, the bad news is priced in. Nothing is really kind of moving the needle in terms of volumes or, you know, adoption or, or interest, but we're starting to see some green shoots, right. Decentralized social, you know, whether you like friend tech or not, you know, the combination of friend tech lens forecaster, you know, Twitter um, having, you know, some some issues and and, and kind of struggling a little bit um, with public perception or, or, or whatnot, it, it opens the door, I think, for decentralized social plays in a way that has never really been possible before. Um, you combine uh, what's happening in, in L2s, and um, I, I think a, a total zero to one breakthrough with the Coinbase wallet to base um, blockchain experience um, and then the the progressive web app uh, hack that that Frentech came up with um, and and I think you know kind of really woke people up to it. it's it's one of the most elegant ux's that I think we've seen to date the fees are low it was fast you could do it through uh, uh, the, the coinbase wallet app um, that people trust and, and find secure so th- there's 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 pockets that I think should be exciting for folks. Um, you know, Ethereum has gotten through some of its major upgrades. There's this huge catalyst for Bitcoin in the ETF ruling today. Um, the the stablecoin, you know, kind of market caps and 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 proliferation of USDC um, and, and USDT. You know, Circle just had another major uh, partnership that they announced with um, Mercado Pago in, in Chile today a big fintech player in Latam. So so you you kind of see all this like grinding out of progress. It's not necessarily reflective in, in the asset prices, but it's like the kindling for the next the next part of the cycle. Um, and I, I bit my tongue because I don't want to give financial advice. I, I almost said the next, you know, blank run, but you know, the next part of the cycle we'll say after apathy is uh, capitalizing on all this kindling that's that's been built up, you know, in the market and, and and I think, you know, across the board, whether it's politically, in the courts, um, through kind of new applications, new infrastructure. Um, there's there's a lot to be excited about going into twenty twenty four. Ron, uh, off this topic, but just interested to know what you thought of Frantic. Have you used the app? Are you are you are you,
5: are you a, very are bullish you on the, Yeah.
9: Yeah, I think he's very bullish. I've seen well, back to him well, let me let me let me hedge just a little bit. I mean, I I I I probably have, um, I think I made like two and a half ETH or something like that so far. But I, I think I put in like another ten or so just to play around. Um, and I've been kind of buying and selling, you know, kind of keys mostly just to see how people are using the rooms right now. Um, so you know, when I when I kind of experiment with things like this, it's it's generally not to, um, I don't like speculating on things where it's a twenty percent vig. To like get in get in and out of a position, right? So I've kind of treated some of this as just um, like specul- speculation as a user, just to kind of get my imagination going. And I think um, I, I do think it's it's uh, something like friend tech is going to be very powerful. Um, and and the things that I've been uh, been pretty interested in are the different um, key uh, the, the different rooms where, where where there's various experiments going on. So on the one hand, you know I, I got keys to You know, a number of folks that I don't necessarily hear from that much on Twitter, but they're doing AMAs in their in their room, right? Dan Robinson from Paradigm comes to mind. He's not super vocal on Twitter, but he's he's answering questions and and covering a lot of territory in his room. And I just think he's he's brilliant. And I don't I don't always hear from him uh, in the in the Twitter echo chamber. So you know, I bought a key there and I've held it. Um, Should just give you just while you're talking about this. I just mentioned to you that.
5: you shouldn't buy Mario's keys. I mean, even if they're for free, just don't take them. Just give them back. It's just not worth it. I am not. Look, look I'm
0: not, I'm not going to send... I'm, I'm not going to send <laughs> like Mario, when I'm done. my nude is pending. Give it seven, more, more, days, seven more days. Seven more days before my nude will come out instead of your message of one nude and then it disappears. I don't know if you saw that, right. Rand has one message there. Hey, it quick says to guys. the moon and then I mean, disappear
1: disappears. Mario, Mario, to interrupt, we have actually some other... Pretty Significant breaking news that uh, ex Twitter has obtained the license required for crypto payments and trading.
6: Whoa.
0: Yeah, that happened a couple of hours ago. Yeah, that was yeah, I know, yeah because, uh, it's being tweeted Island.
8: again and we haven't mentioned it. More, so we know which coin is going to be prioritized there, right?
0: Um, yeah, so uh, we, yeah, it could be, but we, um, so we were expecting this because we knew about the application a while ago. Uh, but it is pretty important news. I think this is today's full of big news. Either we have the impact theory, um, settlement. We got this Twitter news that I know Ryan, you were covering it in your show, and then now we have the uh, grayscale uh, the grayscale win that kind of dwarfs everything else. So it's been a pretty a pretty busy day for crypto. You know, we have all these quiet days where we try to find news or we cover small bits and pieces, um, but today is a pretty um, pretty good day for crypto, and um, you know, hopefully the sentiment continues to change. As for anyone that looks at the price chart, which I don't, Scott and Gareth were talking about the twenty eight thousand six hundred dollar mark. So if that sentiment change could get us over the $28,600 mark, I think that's a really, really big milestone. Um, Eleanor was just on stage. I wanted to get her thoughts on this as well. Um, but yeah, that's um, a pretty good day overall. Um, do you think this is enough though, Ryan? Do you think this is enough to, and I asked some speakers that question earlier, to shift the sentiment in the industry? Because Ryan was talking earlier in his show, and today I watched Ryan's show, not Scott's. Um, And he talked about how money's just flowing out of the market. And he read one tweet, and I'll read it again. Time-based capitulation in full effect. No new inflows, daily addresses stagnant, devs capitulating, NFTs trending to zero. And he talks about, you know, only the true believers and stuff, and then spends the time talking about his marathon. And I want to ask a question to you, Ryan, and to Rand, because I know he's covered this like news like this like this is a pretty big piece of uh, a big a pretty big piece of development in the industry is that enough to shift the sentiment to get us out of that
5: rut that we're in you know the way i see it is you know we're in a sea of negative sentiment um, and this is like one little move to the upside and eventually all these little moves to the upside actually sway the the direction of the flow but you know, right now, the, unfortunately, the flow is very much against us. And I think this move is enough. You know, like, I don't think that this gets us above the 31000 And you can see it in the price. Price is like 27500 I mean, theoretically, the price should be way higher. I think ultimately, you know, Bitcoin is very much a function of, we've got to understand that Bitcoin is very much a function of global liquidity and global liquidity right now is in trouble. So the big stream is a much bigger stream than crypto. It's a liquidity stream. Crypto has its own problems, but you know, we still, have, we still have this global liquidity problem, I think.
0: Ryan, do you agree? Uh,
9: 2015, 2019, 2023, right? Yep. You know, it, was, it wasn't necessarily the bottom of the market, but it's definitely the bottom in terms of enthusiasm, apathy, um, and what what would concern me is if the pace of developments and and kind of infrastructure and kind of new things was slowing down. I just, I don't think that's the case. I think um, DeFi uh, still has, you know, some some pretty significant headwinds even with some of the positive developments that we mentioned um, because it, it clearly seems like it's going to be in, in kind of the regulators, um, both, you know, SEC and treasury uh, and, and, you know, some of the more, you um, AML focused regulators, which is not where you want to be. Um, so I think DeFi still has some headwinds, but I think, you know, kind of throughout the rest of the industry, there there's there's a lot of tailwinds that are building. And if you have positive court rulings and, and positive, you know, precedents from the regulators that you know make it possible for folks to invest and, and to integrate these protocols, you know, that takes a little bit of time, but but that genie doesn't get put back in the bottle. So it's it's almost like you know, the tsunami, um, you know, right before the tsunami, you'll see the uh, the the tide go way out or appear to be way out. And, you know, the, the, the beach is like super elongated. And then all of a sudden, the, the massive kind of rush of water comes in slowly, but, you know, surely. So I think it's um, I think that tends to be what happens during these consolidation periods. Um, what that means for near term price action, you know, that's that's your guys. And, and expertise um, but I I think for the long term um, th- today's today's a, a pretty good day we'll put it, we'll um, put it uh, how, how do you define long term well I mean I, I, I have been pretty consistent I think over the course of the next you know 10 20 years crypto is going to be ubiquitous okay and very back and you know the back end of the financial markets and most value transfers are going to be blockchains so um, like that, uh, that kind of universal, uh, kind of triple entry accounting for, for all types of data transfers and all types of financial, you know, uh, asset transfers, it's, it's not going away and it's kind of, uh, it's going to be a permanent feature of, of society in, in the next couple of decades, but it's, it's going to take a long time from a, um, I think different parts of the market will see, um, different paces of adoption. I think, you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum, you know, sooner rather than later, because Wall Street is, is likely now getting the green light or close to the green light um, for, you know, stable coins, uh, probably sooner rather than later, um, because they're already so large and and they're a, a pretty significant source of demand for, for U.S. treasuries or they could be. Um, and, uh, you know, and then other pockets of, of the industry are, are basically just in like their seed stage. So it's uh, yeah, I, I think you're you're talking about overlapping hype cycles here a, a little bit, but the the net result um, is going to be you know for for some of these major assets and kind of you know, big pockets of the industry that are are already on the radar of the institutions, I I, I think that's going to be sooner rather than later.
2: Uh, we'd love I'm to s-
0: get
9: your
2: thoughts. Yeah, go ahead, Joe. I, I just want to ask Ryan a question while I have him up here, and Ryan. Uh, ran show kind of touched on it a bit, and I think it doesn't get the attention it deserves. I've been in a space for a long time, and I kind of see a threat that doesn't get enough attention, which is the brain drain. Um, we finally have something that is seems more cutting edge than crypto, which is AI. And I do see a lot of people moving. I just don't have any numbers knowing like how many people are moving, how many devs are going there, and you know these are typical uh, innovators, first adopters that. You know, they like what's new and shiny. Um, and I feel like they're going to AI, which is a threat that we haven't faced before. And just your thoughts on that.
9: I I actually don't see them in tension, um, really. I, I think uh, actually developing models and, and some of like the hardcore AI work that's, that's getting done, a lot of that's going to be dominated by big tech. Um, but pretty much any startup, any tech startup in any vertical, is going to apply AI in some way to their business. We we have a couple of AI tools at Masari that are coming out. Our engineering team is super excited about it, but they're working on on applications that are specifically going to help our users for this end market. Um, And I think that that's going to be true for all sorts of of startups, especially kind of data startups. Um, uh, So maybe I have a little bit of a a selection bias here, but that's kind of one thing I'd say. The, The other is... I truly believe that crypto and AI are kind of yin and yang technologies. Um, you know, crypto is going to be important for proving provenance in a you know AI dominated internet. Um, and uh, and when you're talking about like digital identity or um, or uh, provenance of an asset or IP or or, or whatever it is, um, I think securing those scarce digital assets in in an age of you know infinite creation of AI. Is going to be important. So um, certainly, you know, to the extent that there's a brain drain to AI, I think it's to AI and away from all other tech, or maybe I think about it more like a rebalancing. I'm not convinced that it's, you know, an exodus from crypto. Um, And to the extent that, you know, talent is flowing out, it's probably mutual because, you know, a lot of of crypto companies are, are, you know, financially underperforming right now. And there's just been a lot of layoffs this year. So, I think it's um, it's it's not layoffs or a flight to something shiny so much as we're in a weak part of the market cycle, so naturally the headcounts are going to be reduced in crypto.
0: Fidget, let's get your thoughts and then maybe get lawyer thoughts on today's ruling as well. It's a good time to wrap it up. Just final, quick thoughts on how um, you know anything else in the ruling that we saw today that we haven't uh, that w- that is
9: worth mentioning that we haven't um, that we we missed. Hey, hey yeah. guys. I, I got to run. Um, thank you very much for including me again. Hopefully, you'll be able to do it again soon. Thanks,
0: Ryan. Really appreciate it. We got to go through that thread. Maybe when you do an update to it uh, in, a, in a few weeks re- re- or months, we could uh, finally cover it. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks, man. I think yeah, you'd love to get your thoughts and lawyer thoughts, man, and then we'll uh, wrap up the show, guys. Sure, sure.
10: The interesting thing that I'm seeing is we're seeing a, a clear distinction between the quality of lawyers on these cases, um, specifically the library case. Um, but... From the the last, last rulings, which are great for crypto in general, just to have guidance, is they're they're focusing on the SEC's failure as failures as attorneys. They're focusing on a lack of evidence or a lack of uh, of declarations as to uh, fact patterns that are necessary to win their cases. And we saw that in XRP with the second with the secondary programmatic sales. They said that the uh, the SEC didn't prove enough evidence that the people buying on exchanges were relying on. The, the representations by court R- R- exactly. And here you're saying that they're saying that uh, the SEC just didn't file enough information to explain or provide enough information to explain why their claims uh, that somehow the, the, the Bitcoin versus the futures uh, ETF is any different than the existing two that were approved. So uh, they're not making law. They're simply saying that the SEC isn't job, which is an interesting mm. uh, thread.
0: Scott, yeah, no. Scott was so happy. Scott did mention that earlier. <laughs> he was so happy. Like anyone that doesn't like the SEC, including Kyle and Scott, um, we, this is this is a, a great day for them. Um, lawyered. Anything else to add uh, to the to today's ruling um, before we wrap up the show? And then tomorrow's show, by the way, two things, guys. Before we get lawyered thoughts, two things. Tomorrow's show will be labeled most likely. Can we trust the current pump? First one. Number two. Scott, man, do you have to tell us quickly about dop. Um, DOP, who's, uh, this, the, we just pinned their tweet above data ownership protocol. We've had a whole space on this topic. Um, really, really cool project and they're sponsoring today's show. They're partnering with us. Um, so if you want to check out their pinned tweet, anyone listening to us, check it out. If you do want to join the show as a sponsor and uh, make sure you DM any of us co-hosts or the emails that, uh, the, uh, that we will pin above. If anyone could pin the, the emails above, hit us up. if You want to come on the show? We do have the Shark Tank show that's going live in a few weeks that's next month sorry so September and um, so in a few weeks we'll be going live that's our own Shark Tank show that's done online on YouTube I think and on Spaces and Twitter video um, so if you want to join there and pitch make sure you do and the, the, the big Shark Tank show the Killer Whales show that me and were on, will be launching soon we were just judges on there um, we'll be going live in January, not, not November, December. They've delayed it till January, but we saw the first episode snippets and uh, it's a fucking awesome show. I'm, I'm very impressed by what they've done. It's probably the best production that's ever been done in crypto. It cost them a lot of money, but the show is incredible. Um, similar to Shark Tank, the production is almost identical to Shark Tank. I didn't, realize, I didn't realize that they, that they postponed, Mario. Till January, yeah. Well, I don't blame them. Man. The market is, is not really, you know, there's too much apathy right now for a new show. So I don't mind them delaying it. But you know I want it to come out ASAP because it's such a well-produced show. And uh, hopefully they'll show us other episodes before they come out because the the one they showed us was pretty pretty cool. They showed me, but I don't like how they edit. Like you have to see how they edit. In this case, they edited me attacking you. Hopefully they'll keep it that way because in the next show, cause hopefully in the next show, they won't put rants crushing me as well. <laughs> so it him hitting back. I want to hit them up, say, guys, please make sure rant attacking me is not edited into the show. Please, please, please. Um, lastly, uh, we have a, a partnership with a big exchange. So if you do have a project or you're a VC with, uh, with a portfolio of companies, make sure you hit us up to, um, to work with us to list on that exchange. pretty big exchange. We've got a really, really good deal with them. Um, so if you do have a project and want to list on that top tier exchange, we'll be announcing their name soon. Hit us up. This goes for any project um, that wants to, uh, to list. So that's the last thing on my end. Uh, Scott, do you want to tell us quickly about DOP? Maybe in 30, 10, 20 seconds, and then we'll get lawyers, final take on today's news.
1: Sure. I just want to make sure you can actually hear me. I had to get- Yeah, we alarm. can hear
0: you.
1: Yeah, yeah. We're getting closed down for a hurricane here, actually. So they just closed my kid's school. Uh, so I don't know if I'll be here tomorrow. But yeah, speaking of, of of DOP, it's actually extremely interesting. I mean, I think everybody understands the lack of privacy with crypto transactions. If If I send something to you, Mario, it shows my wallet. You can click on my wallet. You can look into everything I've ever done, who I've ever paid, how much money I have, which is obviously wildly problematic. It's one of the uh, up and downsides, obviously, of having a transparent public ledger. But uh, at the most simplest terms, this allows you to push a button and to take that and to add privacy to that. So they get their transaction, but they can't see uh, the specific wallet uh, and into it and where it came from. So it gives you an element of privacy. This works with NFTs, transactions, everything. So really, the implications for private data are very, very powerful. I think it's just really, really important. There's a few technologies uh, working on doing this, obviously, privacy coins. This is one more great way to be able to maintain your privacy uh, on the blockchain.
0: Cool, man. Yeah, check out DOP. It's pinned above at the top. Um, lawyered. anything else in today's ruling in both rulings, the NFT one uh, against Impact Theory and the Grayscale win um, I would love to get your thoughts, and I want to get Fiji's thoughts on the uh, uh, ruling against, or oh, not the ruling, the settlement between Impact Theory and the SEC as well. That's really important. That was going to be the main topic of today. Again, anyone in the NFT community, this is a very important uh, settlement to look into. Um, so I'd love to get Lawyer's thoughts and Fiji's thoughts because both of you have a, a silly cartoon or an NFT as a profile pic. Fiji, do you want to go first? I'm not sure if Lawyer can. Unmute. Fiji, do you want to go first on sure. the SEC ruling sure. against Impact Theory? Not rulings um, and settlements.
10: Yeah the 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 ruling the impact of the uh, the NFT case is really interesting because unlike the the statements that's made about the not information, the rulings in the NFT case are pretty like patent meaning they don't they're, they're not going to be super specific. It looks like the framework is, is laid that if you promise that that going to go up and you launch the NFT project. Uh, which was the standard for quite a while, a chopping block. Uh, um, the question, and they settled right. So, th- are they? Will it win if actually goes to the merits? I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure we'll ever see that because I don't know how many end products are capitalized like Ripple or other token projects that have the money to fight. So we'll probably see a bunch of these, and they'll probably be strategic because they're guaranteed settlements by the SEC. So prepare to see a bunch of really, really big bull market projects get slapped, um, for big fund numbers to make a point.
0: Yeah. And, and what about NFT projects launched by people outside of the U S are they also susceptible? I think the answer is yes, but I would love to get your.
10: What's going to be super interesting is the overlap with the, um, the logic in the Richard Hart case, which is basically the alter ego case. So if they can pierce the corporate veil of foreign created entities or otherwise say that they have, uh, personal jurisdiction over people because they're in or have been in the U.S. or used uh, a, a chain or otherwise it has a basis in the United States. Uh, again, they're settling these, right? So they're not going to the merits, and most NFT projects don't have the money to to them. So they can make any wacky argument they want, and they can get default judgment settlements probably from a bunch of people. So it's going to be an interesting jurisprudence uh, summer or winter.
1: Yeah, in fact, the impact theory is not admitting any guilt here, by the way. Just, yes, just to be clear, to Vigil's point, exactly. there, the SEC is getting $6 million. They get to say they won. If you look at Tom's tweet, he basically says, We're happy we settled with the SEC and can move forward. So everybody gets to skin it as a win. So this no, but, exactly but Scott, Scott, Scott,
0: uh, Scott, Scott, I don't care how they skin it, how to they get the, the, try same thing it. That the SC... in
2: the ICO the, era. It's the SEC identical, the SC... most. Um, yeah. They're going to go after the low hanging fruit, the projects that are easiest to get money yeah. out of. And I mean, it's the same thing. When, when we launched our ICO in 2017, our lawyers told us exactly what not to say, and Impact Theory said all of those things. So of course they're going to get hit. Um, but there's still like the Board Eight Club case that still needs to be settled. They won't crumble. Um, they won't. Others that are they won't that are crumble. That hopefully, will actually set precedent and not just be more.
10: I don't you know, think they'll set regulation. precedent. I, I don't think they'll set precedent. <laughs> yeah, so, and, I, and I don't think they'll go heavy. On, they won't crumble the industry. They have a little bit of care for the average consumer. I think they're just going to make their points to stop it from happening moving forward, which I think is a good thing for the space, to be honest with you.
0: And let's, one thing to mention is, um, it just got, you can't, you know, the SEC could say they want, Impact Theory can in no way say they want. They have to pay a $6 million fine and refund every single NFT purchaser and agree, destroy the NFTs. I, I
1: agree. I'm just saying that, that, that because the, impact theory didn't officially have to say that they were wrong this is like kim kardashian i told you it's just the same thing she paid a fine she didn't make a statement she moved on with her life um it would be very different if this was a court ruling against impact theory that said that nfts are the
0: uh, true true the, exactly what it yeah
1: exactly so it's not like yeah. we get legal precedents here that every nft in history was and that's why all these guests are correct which is that the SEC is going to take the easy wins on people who can't afford to fight and are willing to just pay and then call them wins and move on because in the court of public opinion, that's what they'll be viewed as.
0: And they're going to yeah, look on good. On that point, I think it's – sorry, Fiji, I'll let you go ahead. So, good. Fiji, go, sorry, you go down I on me. Like,
10: uh, yeah. Um, also making themselves look good. They're setting up the structure of the fund to repay injured victims, kind of like a, a metothelioma um, fund. But that's probably what they're going to do in terms of disgorgement. And by the way, we care about you. We're setting up a fund to pay back the people we didn't protect.
0: Mm. Cool. All right. Well, guys, on that point, I think we've, we've been pretty, pretty. Uh, um, you know, last 48 hours have been full of news. We saw sort of the big boy story yesterday, and now we have the impact theory story. And lastly, the grayscale story. So tomorrow, unless there's more news, we'll probably focus on the grayscale story a bit further and focusing on the price action will be a relatively short show. Get a few analysts in place, macro and technical, um, to discuss where we are in crypto today and whether this pump uh, could get us above the, 20, the all-important $28,600 mark and whether we could even touch the uh, $30,000, 30, 30, $1,000 mark or will be short-lived due to sentiment. So we'll cover that tomorrow. Appreciate you all and we'll see you. Bye.